selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Hey guys, today's episode is super special because our friend Beth Moore is back in the studio with Jenny and you don't want to miss this conversation. So here we go. Here is Beth Moore and Jenny. Well, I will take every opportunity to say it, Beth, that I would not be doing anything I am doing if you had not done what you did. And Jenny, I cannot wrap my mind around that, but I am so blessed that for you, you at least sense the connection to the generations. So what I know is that God was intent on you no matter what it took, but I am so glad to get to be one little piece of that story. It's a big piece, and there's several reasons why. And one is I remember knowing what my gifts were and my calling before you had a public ministry, which meant I didn't have a lot of role models or even the knowledge. I thought it meant I had to go in the mission field. Yes. So just teaching my Bible wasn't a category for me until Beth Moore. And then there were moments, and there were moments God gave me before anything. I mean, when I was young and told you I love Jesus and you said, go learn your Bible. I tell that story all the time. Um, And that was at a little Baptist church in Morristown, Tennessee. And then there were moments where I— we did connect and I was feeling callings to things and you grabbed me by the shoulders and said, you have to obey God and the courage and just the blessing. I believe that you, you gifted me over and over again. I just, I thank you. I want to honor the years and the faithfulness and the study and the prayer and the yeses that you gave Jesus and how so many of us, we talk about this all the time, my friends and I, that are blessed to be able to minister to women, we wouldn't know what we know or have the doors open that we have or have the roads paved that we walk on without your obedience. And so I just want to honor you. 
Thank you. You are gracious. You are gracious. You know, I had mentors as well, and they were in a, a different world. It was, uh, it looked a whole different way, Jenny, than our ministries have looked. Right. But they were doing the same right. thing, which was pouring into a few of us and taking the time with us and praying with us and being patient with us. But I do think that God honors the generational thing, that mm -hmm. blessing. I do that we we're not called to be exactly like those yes. mentors because none of us has just one. So you know you have right. this handful of them, uh, people that have poured into you. So you're a little like all of them in one way or another, but it comes together in a very unique package. But I do think the Lord delights in the older generation blessing the younger generation. Yeah. And then the younger generation just having esteem. You don't have to do that, but you are so respectful in that way that it is a tremendous blessing to me. Wow. So thank you for saying that. I don't, I don't, I've not earned that, but I receive it as joy. Well, thank you. I don't even know if you remember this, but this is hysterical to me now. I don't know if I've told you this part, that I wrote you a letter when I was just out of college one year for you to disciple me. <laughs> what? Have what? I told you that? I, you, you know, and I don't more, know. You wrote me back. I'm so happy I wrote you back. You what, did. What you did I say? I'm you scared said, to death. No, it was precious. It was like, it would be my greatest joy in the world to disciple you. I just, because of limitations of time, I can't do that for everybody. And I just want to bless you and thank you. Like, it was the sweetest letter, Beth. Oh, I cannot so believe glad. it. So, how yeah, old were you? I was probably 22. That makes <laughs> me so I'm laughing that I had the nerve and gusto to ask that of you. But I think I just had never met someone as passionate about Jesus as I felt. And so I, I okay. hadn't known as a girl what to do with that. And when you talked yes. about God with all your zeal, I, I was like, that's, that's how I feel about God. And people weren't talking about God that way then. And, and so I just, or I wasn't around them. And so it gave me peace with the way God had made me. Absolutely. You know? That's what I was going to say. Crazy just to like see you. that. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I remember so well with one of the primary mentors in my life, watching him come alive with the scriptures and, and thinking that that's what I want. That's what I, I feel this way toward the Lord. I just don't know how to articulate it. I don't know. I don't know how to study. I don't know. I don't know what to do from here. But I think that for all of us, that when we see it fleshed out, and there's there's this we read in the scriptures what these lives look like, and we have all for it. But we're so far removed generationally from those days. And we tend to think of them, Peter and John and Mary Magdalene and um, Martha, all of these, they're just bigger than life to us. So, you know, just like they themselves are superheroes. And then, you know, we just think, well, it's on the page, but how does it become our reality? But then we see it in flesh and blood and think, wait, this is possible. Yes, it's it possible. is possible to feel that way yes. and to respond that way. Yes. yes, and it's not it's not crazy to love God that much. And I think I don't know. That's a random thing. And everybody's been blessed by you in different ways. But I think it was just your zeal. It gave me comfort, and it made me not feel crazy that I so loved God so much. And so let's talk about your book because I just finished it. I listened to it in two settings, basically. I can't put words to how 
unbelievably beautiful it is. I, I got to listen to it. It was audible. I highly recommend that. But for me, as someone who has, I felt like I got a picture into why um, you love God the way you mm. love God. And I hope so. and it also modeled, I think, the beauty. I'm sure there are so many stories of how it's impacted people. But for me, it was all of these little pieces, no matter how broken and tangled they feel, and you literally use the word knotted up, they're working out yes. something. That, I yes. was blown away at how different it would all be without the difficult for you. Oh, I can't, I can't even imagine. I've said to the Lord so many times, Lord, if I just can live through this, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say you did it exactly right. Of course, I'm going to say that anyway, Jenny, but you think, okay, because what he did, if you asked me, if you asked 27-year-old me, what do you want more than anything in the world? I want to love Jesus with everything in me. Right. Everything in me. That is what that that is what ignites a fire in right. me. That's what flips that switch on the light bulb to me. That's what I want with my life. And so I begin to ask over and over, Lord, I, I'm asking you to sustain and grow it, sustain and grow it. But what I realize now is that all of those things, the fact that I was always desperate for him, the reason why the word of God is still alive to me today and yesterday is because for whatever reason, there's something that's always going on that makes me need him so much. It makes me so desperate for him. So I look back and think, I don't know how this looks without all of that need right. and all of the crisis that yeah. went with it and all of the fact that I couldn't get away with gray. And I want to say that to someone. If, if if someone asked me what was is the biggest favor that a train wreck of abuse left me, because God does not delight in no. abuse, nor does he bring that on. That is a heartbreak. Right to the Lord. And he has very strong feelings. He takes personally what anyone does to harm a child, yes. but in his sovereignty that he allowed it. But what, when all was said and done, I can't mess with the gray. It does not work for me. My foot would so quickly slide into the hole because I just was formed my whole self-evaluation, Jenny, everything about the way that I thought, not only about myself, but about an environment, set me up for such a path of self-destruction mm. that if I were to get close to the hole, and mm. I've certainly been there, I how, how do mean. I know how to tell you this? Because I've done it. Yes. I've, I've lived yes. where it gets it's getting slick and close to that pit. I went into it every time, every single time. And I overheard somebody say um, in a ladies' room one time, you know, when you're as a young speaker, <laughs> I mean, you're in one of the oh, stalls, no. and, you know, <laughs> the women come in and they're talking yeah. to one another. It was after it was over, and uh, some of the women said, whoa, she is eaten up with it. And I thought, oh, bet. you bet. You have no – if I had not been eaten up with it, mm. the – enemy would have eaten me alive mm. to just go, I got to be all in. I'm going to, the only thing that's going to save my life is going to be Jesus. That's it. Mm. He's given me what I asked, which is that I'm just about to turn 66. He is still, or once again, my whole life. And you think, wow, 
I don't know, you move all that out and I don't, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm so glad I'm not him. Mm. I'm so glad I'm not him. But you said something. I want I want to bring this back around because I'm a real big believer. I, I came out of it thinking, this is the teacher in me. You know, if anything is of value to me spiritually and in my faith, then I'm always wanting to talk someone else into it. And I, I feel so strongly this way. I just want to tell everybody, you, you need to write your own memoir. Whether or not you ever, anybody right. ever sees it, I'm not talking about publishing it. Yeah. I'm talking about get to a point where you can glance back because you said this a moment ago. I don't know if you used the word fragment, but you said these pieces. What this experience did for me is that it all looked like, it, when I sometimes uh, call it like a train wreck. I, I look back over my shoulder and it is honestly like a freight train hit something dead on and then mm. all the cars, they're just scattered. But when I got to the end of it, I realized that was not true. Something about it made sense. And I thought it's not all disjointed. It does tie. And that was worth, I got to tell you, I've been to therapy a couple of times. I needed therapy in the worst way. And I very much recommend it. And I don't mean this instead of it, but I'm simply going to tell you. It was therapy. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It was therapy to read it. I'll tell I'm, you that. I'm glad because you I, that. I relate to a lot of things okay. that you shared. And I think everybody does. I think that's probably why it struck such a chord for people is they want to know you and they want to hear your story and they know and see themselves in it too. Mm. I mean, there's several parts I, I want to dive into because you were so honest. If y'all have not read the book, I thought you were just insanely brave. You went to all the places. Anything that, that you've yeah. kind of briefly mentioned before you went there, was it scary? Yes, but... I'm going to say something really weird. It was also a relief. Yeah. I've waited a long time to share some of those things. I've gone back and forth a lot of times. For instance, the abuse that took place under my own roof within my own family. But I've had to skirt around it for so many years right. about who it was. And I just wondered, you know, I said to Keith, we sat down and just ask one another, what, what do we want to do here? Mm -hmm. What is it that I'm still protecting? Why is it I wouldn't just go this that I've been vague about all this time? That to have these last years to be able to speak straight into someone. Jenny, let me give you an example because what somebody may not know that's not yet read the book is that my abuser was my father. And let me tell you, oh, that's yeah. its own monster. Yep. I'm not calling him a monster. Right. I'm simply saying that what when, that does to you. Yes. When your protector becomes your perpetrator, right. and you are young, and it is before you know how to put up any kind of boundaries, it is just a mind blower. And I'm going to tell you, since the book came out, I cannot tell oh. you how many have whispered in my ear, it was my father too. Some of them, Jenny, are completely white-headed, wow. and they have never told it. Wow. And so, you know, I just, it was, this is, yeah, it, it was a relief. It was like, I have wanted to just go there with a couple of different things. I've wanted to go there with some of the things that have been challenging in my own grown up home, but that I've not been able to really um, say it, it was, it was a relief. The first time I spoke after it, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't, 
have to generalize and do a dance around everything. And I still, as as open as it may seem that I was, I still still did a lot of sure. protecting. I know, I know. Yes. We all do. I mean, yes. how much more interesting all our books would be if we could oh, say yes. everything. I mean, there's, well, I, there's know, other people. Yes, right? and and I didn't I didn't want it to be uh, graphic. Yeah. I, I don't think that I that, thought you did that part. I, oh, I, I hope so. I was so proud of you. I thought that was a I dance so. and she just – she just glided. I, I I just pled with my editor. I had the best editor, and I asked her. There were certain charges that I put on her, and I mean responsibilities, and one of them was, I need you. There is a fine line. Right. And help I need you. I said, I don't want to be on this side of it or that side of it. I want you to help me find she, that fine line. Y'all did it. It was so, gorgeous. I'm and, so I mean, just thankful. all of it. Like, the, I can't tell y'all how half the time I was, I was so just blown away by the writing and the storytelling. And then half the time I wanted to quit my job as a writer. Like I just, I was like, and I, I say that with the most esteem because, and it was a beautiful story, even though it was so hard. And I didn't know, I'd heard kind of some of the things and I thought this will be hard to read. And I just love you so much. It'll just be hard to read. And it was not. I just, I just, it was such a joy to read. I felt joyful. And I felt you were joyful telling it, even the hard yes. part. No, I was. I'm telling you. Yeah. It was, that I had a couple of times, there's one time in particular that I took a week away from it, yeah. that, that it, something bothered me so much to yeah. write that I had to scoot back from it. But um, for the most part, it was just very cathartic and very... Mm -hmm. uh, just freeing. I thought, yeah, and this hopeful. is the way I want to go out, you know, yeah. is that was, I yeah. told my story in whatever missing pieces that what you want so much. I know you feel this way. And I know that so many of our compadres feel this way in the faith that serve people and that serve women like we do to just go, Lord, whatever you can use here, mm -hmm. take it. I withhold nothing from you. What, what can you use? And to think, okay, you know, here at this point to just, if you can use this, go, go do it. So it, it, it felt, uh, felt right and good. Some mm -hmm. of these things you had shared in passing, right? You yes. hadn't shared, you'd shared about the abuse, but you hadn't shared that it was your father. Right. Marriage was more of a surprise for me yes. to hear all of that. And we yes. have walked through and we have shared with people, yes. um, Zach walked through a really dark season with mental health. You didn't even have to say anything else. And I knew how lonely that was because you feel like you've lost. He's still there, but he's gone. But he's gone. Yeah. Uh, and for Keith, in the in the worst part of it, when he was the sickest that I that I share, when he got a, a marine um, staff infection, and then it played havoc with everything because then nothing, it completely knocked out his entire medical protocol. Nothing was working. Nothing in his system was working. It truly was like the hard drive in his mind completely crashed. And we looked back, the girls and I went through a time, because this went on for so long. Mm. This was not a short length of time. Mm. And the girls and I, honestly, we came to a point where we thought, he's dead. He's dead. Right. Who we knew. is gone. And I'm going to be so bold because he would have said the same thing about me at that time, like, and who we liked. Right. <laughs> he was not likable at that point. Right. And he would say the same thing about me. I would tell you, when, you know, right. but the odd thing about it is, Jenny, he looked different. Yeah. And he's back to, like, he looks like himself mm. now, even though we're older. But I mean, literally, he did not even look like himself. And mm. we look back at pictures and it's sort of, 
it sort of gives us the shivers. But one, I'm so glad you brought this part up because I knew going in, it is the part in the audio I know that we had to stop. Oh, I I knew that's what you were going to say because you were crying talking about it. I cried so hard they had to turn off the recording, and I did. I was crying too. Blew my nose and blew my nose, and I mean, did the whole. My little team that was there to listen, they all did it. My my the the young man that was doing the recording, he just hid behind the the equipment because he was. It was such an awkward moment, but because that's my sweetheart I'm putting out in front of you is one thing for me to tell you about me. It is another thing that I am about to let you make judgments on my husband. And I mean, it was just like, you know, you just want to go, can you please be worthy of this? Yes. Can you please treat this with gentleness that I'm about to tell you that that he battles this? And oh my goodness, I knew though that if we would be willing, and he did too, that it it might have been the most helpful part of it. It was, I think. I, I think for me, I mean, we've just walked through so much hard, and and what people, people can't understand. No, I was going to say they don't understand. You you can't tell it. No. You and, and granted, like we talk a lot about how good our marriage is now, which you did at the end. You you it comes yes. back around, but. It was so hard fought. And and when we say things like we I wanted a divorce, that was not a passing oh, thought. That was no. years yes. of feeling distant, of feeling lost, of yes. feeling like we could not find each other. And yeah, and in those moments, and I say that because I think of how many people I know, not just on the road, but like my people. Your friends. You're, yes. Are, are in that. Yes. And so if Absolutely. I know that many people that I'm let in and I know how many people are are coming up to you and me and telling us this, then it's just you got to know that it is just hard. And I think if yes. we don't show those parts, I honestly believe, Beth, this is probably your greatest work of discipleship, really? even though that's not how you approached it. Because I think we learn more from watching someone else live than from hearing how we should live. And we watched how you lived through all of these difficult things. It's such a roller coaster. I was thinking for people coming in that had done Bible studies and all, and they might say, I was thinking, how are people going to respond to this? And I knew that they would say, because I've told so many funny stories on them, because the man is hilarious. Thank God the man (laughs) is hilarious. But um, I thought some of them are going to say, but she has said so many wonderful things about yeah. him. Well, they were all true. That's right. It just wasn't all it's there all was. It's all true. Yes. Because we've you can been, be both. It's been wonderful and it's been terrible. This, this is what comes with bipolar. Yeah. This is what comes with PTSD. And then all the stuff I brought into it, because I was right. said from the very beginning, he did not bring any more into our marriage than I did. The difference was that because some of his is literally chemical in his body and in his uh, physiology, there's some of it you don't, I mean, yes, God, we could have gotten a miracle from the Lord, but his miracle for us has been sustaining us through the roller coaster of it. And, you know, the fact that uh, I think you're right. I think when you say it's not just people out there, it's my my friends, me too. I, I just don't think many people are any more distant from it than your 
first cousins or mm-hmm. your in-laws or what I mean it, it's around us but we're we're still so ashamed of we're it so it's ashamed. like you know the one thing it there's so many things we can't define about mental illness when it's not our our area of expertise but one thing we do know is it's not the person's fault I've had a number of people you know write in what should I do with this I, I can feel a lot of my throat bringing this up and I've had to say back to them I wrote that part as one in the trenches. I don't have miracle answers for you. If you ask me, how have we done it every day making the decision? You know, when I, if someone said, would you always suggest someone stays with us? No. Right. I'd have to know. This is why I'm not, I don't have the expertise to tell you that. That's where you go get help, get yes. professional help and trauma-informed therapy yeah. But uh, because it, it's just fraught. But what I can say, what I was hoping, and I'll get over this feeling in my throat, is this that some people, and I hoped a lot of people, would just feel seen. This idea that Christianity is this walk with up and to the right, that we are growing, that we are flourishing, we are joyful. It is always progressing toward, yes. That's not how it is. I don't know anybody that's, if you really know them, that their Christian life is like that. I love Pilgrim's Progress because that's more how it is. Yes. He became a Christian at the beginning. He falls in a pit. He gets locked in a dungeon. He he chooses Vanity Fair and all the addiction and you know, it, it, that to me is all I, I know. And yet person after person comes up to me and says, I just feel so guilty with yes. God because of blank. And so I think what you did was just take away some of the shame around oh, some of these things to where people can go, okay, she loves God. She knows he loves her. Yes. And she struggled with some of these things. He struggled oh, with some of these things. Oh, my word. We're in situations that are just not pretty. Mm-hmm. I, I tease with my with my daughter that has three children, uh, two two teenagers and a seven year old, and I I tell her when she you know has something to tell me that she's found very difficult uh, in in parenting with one kid or the other in a situation some kind of conflict, and I tell her all the time. I said, you know what, baby, there is the thing about parenting is there's no way for it not to be humbling. It's just built in. It is. You can't master you can't it. Can't control. No, these you humans. cannot master it. Yeah. And so, really, it's a very poor idea to write a book on parenting when you have a five-year-old right? just not willing to go there right now, just daily with whatever the situation is, that we're getting by on the grace of God that day. That day, I always say, give me this day my daily bread. That's all I have to worry about, Lord, is that you are everything I need today, whatever this day holds, whether it's in my family, um, in my family life or whether it's in my ministry life, but just like, and I think the the beauty of it, I was telling Melissa this, the best part of getting older is the confidence you grow in Christ, that you have seen him work it out so many times that you know he's going to, that those situations that you thought, no, this will be the end, this will be the end. This can't work out. This can't possibly. That you've been there 
so many times with him and watched him that if you will walk it out with him in all of the wrestling and all of the pain, there is going to be the other side. There is. When you're younger, it doesn't feel that way. It's not. But when you're older, you can look back over your shoulder and go, he's always faithful. And I get to look at young women and young men continually. And I know that you do as well now that you have basically young adult, mm-hmm. some young adult children, to look at them and say to them, God is going to be so faithful to you. Mm. I want to talk about something that was hard for me to read and hard for me to live and think about as well is just this ride of public ministry. Mm. And it, mm. it, you know, it's not for anyone with thin skin. <laughs> not for the pain of heart. It's a brave endeavor, I feel like, to show up publicly yes. and to lead and to teach and to follow Jesus right now. And so I would love to just kind of hear even more about just that internal, mm-hmm. just what okay. you did mm-hmm. when it felt like you said something that was just and people just mm-hmm. lost their minds and turned. Like, did you feel betrayed? Did you feel, what did you feel? All, all the things. Because if you put your heart into it, and we we both have, uh, you not, love people. You love people. That well, let's so talk about this. You are vulnerable to them. It's I'll never true. forget doing what we called a further still event. It was Priscilla Shire. It was three generations. It was uh, Kay Arthur, and it was me, and it was Priscilla Shire, and we had a blast together. We did oh, I guess maybe seven or eight uh, events together, but we did a Q and A, and so uh, Priscilla was pulling out the questions and asking. She was answering some of them too, but one of them was, "Does criticism bother you?" And so I was anxious to see. I could see that Kay kind of sat up to answer it, and so I was anxious to see what she would say. And she said, "Yes." She said, Me, "Not critique," but she said, "Like when someone's." Mean. mean and hateful. <laughs> yeah. She said, yes, because she said, and she her, she got a little bit glassy-eyed when she said it, because she was talking about when you say something wrong. And we all do. We yes. Jenny, I know. All of us who are speakers and teachers and I writers, know. we yes. I mean, with many words comes much folly. And so she said, But don't you know my heart? Right. I'll never forget it. Because what she was saying is. Don't you know you me yet? guys, yes. I have yes. been out here with you for years. You know I'm flawed. Yes. But you know my heart is to serve Jesus, and my heart is to serve you. You know that. You yeah. know if I get it wrong that, oh, I, I didn't set out to. It was not malevolent. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, I just, you know, nodded my head that, that that is the truth. So you make yourself vulnerable. I'll never forget my editor saying, you know, I had raised a, a little guy thinking that we would have him forever and I, a relative of Keith's. And when he went back to his birth mother, um, she and she she wanted him. She had not been able to have him because of drug addiction. And when she was ready and we knew that he was going to have to have that piece put together or he was not mm-hmm. going to make it, you know, he just needed that piece put together. 
I, I told my editor, I said, because I didn't know how to deal with it then, I talked about him so much in three Bible studies. And I said, what, what am I supposed to do now? And I said, I will never, ever tell anything personal like that again. And he said, Beth, mm. he said, people can write a textbook. He said, what you did, it was a little different than what some people had experienced in Bible study, is that you put your skin in that game. You put it out there where you went, this is me trying to apply this. Right. This is this is trying in to get the words off messy. that page right. and into the pavement yes. where yes. your bare feet yes. hot on the sidewalk. And I said, yes. he said, you he said, I don't know how you teach with that kind of transparency, and now you're gonna turn that off. And so it was like, shoot, you yeah. know, I, now I have to go back out and go. And I'm about to keep doing it. Right out. It's still such a wound to me to say, well, he's no longer at our, at our house and in our daily lives. And it's messy. And no, it's not a happy ever after story, but it was, it's tough. So yeah, we put our, ourselves out there. So it does, there is a sense in the situation that you're talking about, there was, definitely somewhat of a sense of betrayal. It was very painful. But you know, one of the worst parts, and I tell it in, in the book, is what it did to my staff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a question you didn't fully answer in the book. Would you go back and change anything? No. Okay. That's a costly statement. It is a costly statement because I, when I say to you that it was cataclysmic, I'm not right. overstating it. So it was life-changing. It was ministry-changing, and it would be the beginning of the end of ministry as I knew it. And I wouldn't trade this part of the adventure for anything on earth, but you don't know that at that point. I didn't even think there was a world out beyond the world that, you know, I served in. It was the only world I knew. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm going to tell you why I was at, you know, peace with it pretty quickly, even in the midst of all the all the hate that came and all the name-calling and all, um, was because I knew that in order to have responded a different way, I would have had to have been a different person. Mm-hmm. I, would, I couldn't have been the child that had gone through what I'd gone through. I couldn't have had the journey that I... It was true to my journey with God and, and my women. calling. And, exactly. He had and called women. me yes. to serve. To serve, I had been advocating for women yeah. to be treated with dignity as students of Scripture for nearly 40 years. Mm. How do you break character? With There was no way. Mm. There was no way. And so, yes, um, yes I would... Uh, I would do it again. Um, but I, one of the things I tell people over and over again, you know, you better not act like those are your passions if they're not. Because at some point, those passions are going to get you into trouble. Mm-hmm. And you better be able to lay down on your pillow at night and go, well, it was true to the bone. I mean, live or die. That's what was true to who I am in Christ and what I've been called to do. When you think about the division you see everywhere right now, what do you make of it in your heart, in your prayers? We have lost our minds. We're so turned upside down. I think 
that God is doing something wonderful with his people if we'll let him and if we will submit ourselves to the discipline. Mm -hmm. Because I think I'm just going to talk just primarily about the church for a moment because that's what, when people went, well, why would you get political? No, 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 no. My thing has been discipleship. It's discipleship. I did not go to politics. Politics came to us. It came to us. And it came where there was just this conflating of all of this together. And it was like, what is even happening here? What happened to people of the gospel? We have lost touch with Christ of the gospels. And it's very, very unnerving. But I think, Jenny, that I think a lot of things have been going on for the last 10 years, but I think one of them is that we have really gotten so good at creating an environment that looks like the Holy Spirit, that we don't really need the Holy Spirit. We don't know whether there's Jeremiah 2, he's, Prophet Jeremiah says the oddest thing. He says under the, you know, the declaration of the Lord on him, he says that he said that the people have stopped asking, where is the Lord? Yeah. The priests have stopped asking, where is the Lord? And, because, and I think that we got so good at all that we did. It was like, we have it all. We can make. And listen, I'm for, I like smoke machines. <laughs> I do. I like lots of lights. I've been as, I have been as, as submerged in this celebrity culture in Christianity as you can possibly be. I have been, I still, I love the loud music. I want to feel those drums in my soul. I want to sing loud. I want to dance if I want to. I love, I love all of that. I'm simply saying that we can go a really long time and just like put on a show. And I think that it's possible that we got, have gotten so far from the way of the cross I had a a pastor in our area. I found out that he had simply said by memory the beginning of Philippians chapter 2 about putting other people's interests before. He had said it from memory and he didn't he just didn't go the trouble to say Philippians. He thought a lot of them would know. And when he got home later in the day, he had emails of people saying that he was woke. <laughs> He's said, I was quoting scripture, but it's so far removed from our minds that we would put anybody's interests in front of our mm -hmm. own, that we would humble ourselves, mm -hmm. take on this attitude that was also in Christ Jesus. And so that's where I think we've really, really gone awry. And I think we got grounded. I'm just, I'm make, making it in very simple terms. And I think out of God's goodness, he is saying, I will do the real thing. Mm. But you're going to have to get over being impressed with yourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's going to be smaller than we want it to be. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting to see it with... Yeah. My kids' age. Yes. It's happening. Yes. And it's happening with confession of sin. Yes. It's happening with a desperation like you were yes. talking about. They they aren't burned by the church because they never really grew up in it. 
Correct. They want God because they never had him, and he sounds like the greatest hope yes. for their soul yes. they've ever heard. Yes. And so I feel it changing. Russell Moore told me, because he speaks at a lot of different universities, and a lot of them you know, are secular universities that just have him in to talk on religion or whatever, maybe the political climate of... Uh, and evangelicalism, what, whatever it may be. But he said, overwhelmingly, when it comes to Q&A, you know, he's expecting all the questions about what was this like and what 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 is this nuance here? And it just, he said, the hand go up and go, how do you study the scriptures? Yeah. Another hand will go up and he says, this is what I it's don't like. know, I don't know how, what do you, how do you pray? Yeah. He said, he's yeah, realizing, wait. This is how I feel. Exactly. We yeah. are, we're, we're way over here in this generation. This younger generation coming up, they're yeah. like going, they're. Well, they get in, they get in line. They, the words, they, it, it was a total change in 2018 when I started, when they started showing up, right? They were just getting to college in 2018. Yes. And, and the, all of a sudden, my ministry lines were things like, I want to go on the mission field. I, I don't know what that means. What do I do? Right. I want to go into ministry. How do I do it? It was there was so much zeal. Yes. It wasn't. It was more like, how do we corral this? Like we yes. don't even have to awaken this. This is already waking up. And so, yeah, it's just oh, totally it so different. Bad. And I think, it, I don't know. It gives me a lot of hope, it and I'm sure too. it does you too. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. I'm not. I'm not cynical at all. You aren't. No. I feel that Mm-mm. from you. No. And even um, in the book, I, it was. It was. It was good. No, I believe God is doing. I believe God is doing good things, and I. I believe that He is. Of course, I don't just believe this. I know it based on where he is for us. But what he's watching, what I believe he was watching, is us just destroy the public witness yeah. uh, that we that we had. And so far from the way of the cross and the way of Christ Jesus and the draw of him to those who are oppressed and in need. And so he's just being yeah. so good to us to well, send us back to the basics. There's a shaking, there right? And then yeah. all those little seeds, yes. you know, fall away and and fruit begins to sprout up. And it's it's happening. I mean, it's beautiful. Like there's there's so something too. happening right now. I think of the next 40 years or however long God gives you of your ministry. <laughs> Oh, 40 years would be a nightmare. I know. I feel that yes. way too. I'm like, Lord, yes. just the no. right amount of time, whatever that is. Just whatever just, it yeah. is, Lord. What, what do you hope for? What do you pray? What do you see mm-hmm. for yourself, yes. for your heart and your gifts? And Yes. I, I, I very, very much feel like I want to spend these years cheering on, making sure that I've done all that I know how to do to encourage the generations behind me so that... Um, I so that they stay encouraged, they stay in the fight to cheer them on. I love that to see how I can invest in them. That's very, very big to me. Um, I also want to uh, I, I want to run the race to the end, whatever that looks like to the Lord. I am one of my sections of, of scripture memory is Second Timothy, and so when you know. If if you memorize some of the books or chapters of Scripture, you have to keep going over them. So I circulate back through all of them because it's the only way you can keep them. So I was just I've just been on my walks reciting Second Timothy to the Lord, and of course it's it's Paul's sign off, but he says, and I, I memorized it in the NET, and he says it this way: I've competed well, I've finished the race, I have kept the faith, mm. and I I, I want that 
I want, Lord, help me to just keep the faith, encourage people in their faith. Um, I, I want to leave, I pray, a legacy of joy. I, I have, this really, really chokes me up to say, but I, I have enjoyed the Lord. I have laughed with him. I've just had the wildest adventure with him. And I've had a lot of tears and a lot of things that I couldn't understand and all the things. But I'll tell you, I've also just had the biggest blast. And I, I want to just encourage people in their, in their steadfastness. And let's, you know, he's worthy. Mm -hmm. Don't get him confused with, with people. As a good friend of mine used to say, God is not just a big us. Mm -hmm. He is totally other. And in him is no darkness at all. So, you know, I, I hope to, I, I would imagine that, uh, that as long as I have soundness of mind, I will write whether or not I publish because I'm a writer to the bone. Yeah. And so I'm going to find a way. I, I doodle all through a meeting. You know, I'm going to find a way to write down phrases or whatever. Um, and probably, Jenny, if, if you said, well, Beth, what would be the last thing you would see doing if you just could map it out? that the, the day will come when it's much harder to get on a plane, much harder to do what it takes to, to do that kind of traveling. But if you ask me, what would I want to do to the end? Teach a local class, yeah. Sunday school, or, I yeah. I still just, you know, I love, I love discipleship. I, I do love events, but I'm, I'm, I like to take a group from A to B, and then we're going to go from B to C, and then we're going to go from C to D. That's what both of us yep. love so much. I love to grow yep. with a group of people. So that, that would be it. And then at the same time, you know, I'll be out there messing with my garden and think, I could just do this. Do this. <laughs> so I just don't know. I just yeah. want, I want to, I want to keep my chin just set like flint to that finish line and just Whatever I, I surrendered to ministry because I love Jesus and somehow I just want to make it to the end with that same motivation so God help me if that means I go today take me today you know oh You are going to want to read Beth's new book called All My Knotted Up Life. You can find it anywhere books are sold, and I will link it in the show notes for you. But let me tell you, it is deeply raw, personal, vulnerable, and yet so full of hope and gave me an even deeper respect for Beth. So make sure to go get a copy, and we hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.